All right, great, great, great. Please turn with me to the book of John, chapter 15, verses 9 to 17. John, chapter 15, verses 9 through to 17. And as per usual, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. That is John, chapter 15, verses 9 through to 17. And it goes as follows. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. For, for sorry, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Verse 16. And this one's very important. You do not you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask in the father, sorry, whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give to you. These things I command you that you love one another. Please take note of this part. Whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give to you. The title of today's sermon is Know Thy Name. Know Thy Name. Know Thy Name. I entitled this Know Thy Name for many reasons. I'm going to go through three key areas in today's message. Knowing thy name as in, do you know your name? Knowing thy name as, do you know the names that people think of you? Knowing thy name as, do you also know God's name? But let's start with the first one. My name is Emmanuel Dari Anthony. And I remember growing up, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been like that, where I grew, I'm, I'm from West Africa. So yeah, my name growing up, people used to make fun of the names and they used to make jokes at the names. If anyone's here and you've ever had that experience, just give me a wave so I know that I'm not alone in that. I know people used to make fun of our names and yeah, when you're growing up in primary school, the kids are a little bit immature and you always have that one person's name and the name has a little bit of sound, a little bit of talking drums, a little bit of character and those people of UK citizenship, when the name seems foreign to them, they seem to make fun of them and it ends in laughter. For me, I remember when the teacher didn't know how to pronounce Dare, they used to call me Dare because it's spelled as D-A-R-E. Is Dare around? And everyone's like, <laughs> and I'm like, why are you guys laughing for, man? I'm like, miss, just call me Emmanuel Anthony or whatever. Like, just yeah, leave out the Dare part. Like, you're gonna you're gonna butcher my name. I can't afford that. But for luckily for me, there are some people in my classroom that had a bit more foreign names and names that people the teachers struggled to pronounce. Have you ever been there? There was a guy and his name was Nathan Okuku. And people used to laugh and say, oh, cuckoo, cuckoo. And I'm like, when I look back now, I'm like, oh, it's a name. 
But now back then is that I used to laugh like, and people just had names that almost resembled things. In my case, Dare resembling Dare. People are like, oh, I double dare you to do this. I double dare you to do that. And I, I just it just used to irritate me. And unfortunately, being a young person at the time, I used to have a very very bad temperament, and I used to be really react to when people used to make fun of my names. It's funny when we look at names because the other side of things is that we see when people are young and we're almost trying to help the young people's self-esteem. One of the things that they wrestle with is being called various type of names. Oh, you're ugly. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. Oh, you're slow. Oh, you're poor. And these things not only have effects on children, they also have effects on us. The effects that it has on us is that as we become adults, we might not care too much of what people say about us that might be silly titles as in children. But we do care about what they say about us and also what we say about ourselves. What is your name? What does your name mean? I've come to see that Dare means justifies me. And I always say that my name is quite poetic. Emmanuel, God is with us. Dare, he justifies me. Anthony, he's worthy of praise. And I would say, yeah, my name is literally, it's like, it's, it's just unique, it's beautiful in that sense. But I want to ask you guys, do you have a name? What are the names that you speak to yourself about? What are the names that people used to call you? And what are the names that you see yourself as? People nowadays identify their name as the color of the color of their skin, or I'm black, or I'm white, or I'm African, I'm this, I'm powerful, I'm bold. But what do you identify as? Because names are powerful. Scripture tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. But have you ever wondered and asked yourself, is your name just something that people have called themselves? And if anybody's name on here is Avisu or Gucci or whatever. God bless you. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure there is a a purpose for why your parents named you that. But I truly believe there is an importance of when we see biblical names. There is importance of when a name has a significant meaning. There is an importance when people... I remember I I grew up, I had friends. I'm like, oh, why was your name that? Oh, my mom or dad, they liked this drink and that's why they called me that name. Fine, fine. But the the question I want to ask you guys is, do you know your name and does your name have a meaning? And do you know the meaning of that name? And what I want to quickly do here before I go on further is to quickly do a poll and just to ask you guys, what is your name and do you know the meaning of your name? So if you've seen the poll on your screen, there are four potential answers here. There are four answers here. Do you know your name? Do you know the meaning of your name? Are you not sure? Do you need to go back to your parents? Have you maybe changed your name? What is your name? A few more people. So what? So nine. Oh wow. Okay, that's that's pretty high. That's pretty high. Is everyone done theirs? Is everyone done theirs on the poll? Okay, still voting. Still the voting is going on. Some people are not sure. Okay, I'll kind of leave it at that and I'll reveal the results. As we can see, ninety percent of people, pardon me, know their name, and they know the meaning of it. And then we also have some people that. They're not too sure. And whichever bracket you fall into, that's okay. Because if there's one thing I want you to understand is that God knows your name. God knows your name. And there is a significant reason why I want to share about names today and why we need to look at 
the names that we have and so on and so forth. Quickly turn with me to Genesis chapter 17 and I'm going to be reading from verses 1 through to 6. Genesis chapter 17, reading from verses 1 through to 6. If you're there with me, just say I or type I or give me a finger wave so I know that you're with me on this. Genesis chapter 17 verses 1 through to 6. Are you guys there? And it goes as follows. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am mighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. And you shall bear a f- and you sorry and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be Abraham, Abraham sorry, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you na- and I'll make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. You see, this is powerful because Abraham Abraham meant the exalted father. And Abraham meant the father of nations. You see, I believe when God wants to do something significant in our lives, he may change our actual names, but there is something that he would do that he changes our spiritual names. Sometimes a spiritual name could be a name that is not known in your passport, but is a name known that God knows you for because of the change he wants to bring into your individual life. Let's look at something further. Turn with me. To Genesis again, Genesis chapter 17, but let's look at verse 15 all the way down to 19. Genesis 15 all the way down to 19. Verse 15 goes as follows. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah. I know there's got Sarah in this building as well today. You shall call her Sarah. Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Verse 17. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah... Who is 99 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael, I might live before you. Verse 19. Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. And you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. And with his descendants after him. I find this quite powerful. Because God first starts by saying, Your wife, Sarai, I'm going to call her Sarah. And flowing from there, there is a rebuke and a correction. God God continues the conversation with Abraham as Sarah rather than saying, no, I'm going to call Sarai Sarah. No, he already establishes it. Here's what I mean by that. He starts by saying, 
Her name is then is Sarai, going to be Sarah. But as Abraham's like, no, 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 no. This woman's 99. How? And I'm 100. How am I? How are we going to have a, a child? How are we going to have a child? God says, no, no, Sarah's going to have a child. You see, whatever God establishes in heaven shall be accomplished here on earth. But what does Sarai mean? Sarai means my princess. And what does Sarah mean? It means princess. Princess. As I began to read that and study that in the word of God, I began to see that God had it personal. No, it's my princess. For those of us that are fathers and they, or they call themselves girl dads, that, that's my princess. That's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's all for me. I'm not sharing over anybody else. But in this case, we see that God says not princess. Why? Because she is going to be the mother of nations, princess. You see, I believe where in our lives, when God gives us a change in our lives, it, it goes from us having a covenant with him first and foremost, being personal to him, having just us to himself, to saying that, you know what? Now I'm going to give you to the world. I always say that anything that you cannot give away is never truly yours. I'll say it again. Anything that you cannot give away is never truly yours. God was willing to give his daughter away. Say that she's first my princess, but now I'm just going to name her princess. She's going to be a leader. She's going to be a mother of many nations. And another thing I find powerful in here is that please understand this. No matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've been through in this pandemic, no matter what you've gone through in life, no matter what your past says, no matter what sins you've committed, no matter what the world has called you, no matter what labels, titles and names, whether it's prostitute, whether it's lost, whether it's poor person, whether it's somebody that is confused, whether it's somebody that's lost their mind, whether it's someone that's depressed, downcast or damaged. I want you to understand this today. When God gives you a name. When God gives you a name and that name is established, it bears fruit. See, there is nations that comes that is birthed through Sarah and Abraham. There is nations. But I also believe there is a nations of dreams that needs to be fulfilled in each and every single one of you online today. Your name, there is a name that is powerful. There is a name that transforms cities. There is a name that transforms jobs. There is a name that transforms households. What is your name? What is your name? Once upon a time, we had names that the world wanted to label us with. Students in class wanted us to label us with. People that we worked with wanted to label us with. And God says, no, there is a name. There is a nation within you. There is something within you. There are dreams that need to be birthed within you that I want to bring to the forefront. Because many of us believe that even though we are not the Abrahams of this world or the Sarahs of this world, we actually forget that we are descendants of such people. And being descendants, there is a covenant keeping God that has a covenant with us that wants to bring his promise to fruition. And I pray and I believe that no matter what we have seen in the year 2020 and beyond, I want you to remember that there is something within you that God wants to birth. But what was the key thing here? What was the first child that Sarah was to bring into the world? The child's name was Isaac. But what does Isaac mean? Isaac means the one who laughs. You see, God has a sense of humor. God's sense of humor is this. that You guys are laughing at me. <laughs> I'm God. You my creation because you're 99 and you're 100. You're laughing at me because you've lived life to this extent. And what happens when you go through life long enough, it sometimes begins to numb you from the miracle that God can do within you. 
you go through a stage like oh, can it be me look at my age can i get married like since like my time has passed i've passed my sell by date forgotten that god is the one that holds the calendar and all the dates but we must understand what does god give him and gives in the name isaac the one who laughs oh you're laughing at me you see i get the last laugh the child that you even birth is going to be the one that you would see that he will be the one that laughs you laughed at me. He's the one that will laugh. And guess what? I truly believe that first you might laugh at me in mockery and in doubt. But soon you're going to laugh with joy. You're going to laugh with an abundance. I believe every single one of us here will soon laugh. When the enemy tries to laugh in our face, we will soon get the last laugh where we believe that, God, you know what? I doubted, but I can laugh. Sometimes I go on my prayer walk and I just look up to the sky. Like, God, you saved me. A guy from Peckham that was lost. At sea, you saved me. And all I can do is laugh. And I truly believe why he named the first miracle baby Isaac was that God even laughs at our own plans. Someone said that sometimes in our own lives, we are always trying to make plans. God, I want to do this. I want to do that. And God laughs at our plans. That <laughs> No, no, I've got something far better. I've got something far better. I want to share with you, there are six reasons in the scriptures why God gives us names one is that a biblical name could be recorded um, of an aspect of a person's birth or where they're born in this case isaac number two biblical names are sometimes an expression of a parent's reaction um, at the birth of a child and we saw that in scripture over and over number three biblical names were sometimes used to secure solidarity or family ties Number four, biblical names could be used to communicate God's message. Number five, biblical names were also used to establish an affiliation with God. And number six, biblical names are given to establish authority over another or to indicate a new beginning or a new direction in a person's life. I love how Jesus said that um, you shall no longer be called Simon, but you shall be called Peter. Peter meaning rock. And over and over and over, the same person who Jesus said, no, no, I'm going to call you Peter. He called him Peter and it was almost prophetic because he called him Peter, even the same Peter that denied him. But the prophecy was still going to be fulfilled. Why? Because it's not about where you stop, but it's about remembering Christ and knowing where to continue. See, even though Peter denied him three times, he was able to repent and find himself restored. And that's why he was what meant he was willing and able to be the rock in whom Christ said, upon you, I am going to build my church. I want to tell you guys today that no matter what has happened in your life, God is going to build his church upon your life. No matter when you've denied him in your past. Also, we begin to see that what happened in scripture in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to, 20, 18 to 21, where there is a child to be born and it goes as follows in Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 21. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was, sorry, Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to, betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Verse 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. 
for this which is conceived in her was by the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Look at that. Another scripture goes um, further down. If we look on from there, verse 22 goes on to say. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets saying, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translates God with us. God with us. Are you aware and do you believe that God is with you in this season? Are you aware and do you believe that even when things you've prayed for that God has laid on your heart, even though it hasn't come to fruition, God knows that he's still about to complete the mission. God is with you. God is with us. We can see that Jesus was given a name. Jesus was given to us. You have been given a name by your parents. You have also been given a name by the way you live out your character. What do name do people say about you? Oh, he's kind. She's caring. She's thoughtful. I just felt the Holy Spirit reminding me over and over and over that no matter what negative things people say about you, that these things do not define you, that we must learn to remember who we are and whose we are. Please understand that these things must be juxtaposed together. We must remember who we are, as in our name, our identity and whose we are. We are Christ. We are a royal priesthood. No matter what the world says about us, no matter the flaw. See, what happens in life is that we people, unfortunately, they see things in time. So they judge us based on the time that we are in or the mistakes that we made in a moment in time. Where a God who created time sees time all as one thing. And therefore he has given us an identity and a title by the thing that he has called us in the time that he saw fit. We must remember that. I want us to quickly look at Proverbs chapter 22 and I'm going to read from verses 1 through to 4. Proverbs chapter 22 verses 1 through to 4. It goes as follows for those that are reading with me. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. And pause there for a moment. It tells us a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. I believe that our name is not only the name that we bear, but also the name that we carry through the personality that we share. As we begin to share our personality, as we begin to share our character with the world, as we begin to share people of love, people of kindness, people of of, of forgiveness, people that are, are willing to just bring people together. As the word of God tells us, we should never forget the gathering of the saints. Why should we never forget that? Because when we gather, iron truly sharpens iron. And when we go back into the world, we can begin to reflect the, the, the Christ-like nature into our places of work, amongst our family, amongst our friends, and so on and so forth. Verse um, 2 onwards says, The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. 
The Lord is the maker of them all. We must understand that God has made us. He knitted us in our mother's womb. He knew us before we were even formed. The same way he knew Isaac. See, God already knew the promise of Isaac through the covenant that he was willing to keep. And even though they laughed, God had the last laugh. And even though God had the last laugh, it also meant that when they were to laugh later on, they will laugh in a very different way from the way that they laughed before. Sometimes we will laugh in a way that like, God, nah, that's never going to happen for me. Nah, never that, never that. But we must understand as we see in the word of God, no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor has even come into the heart of man, the things that God has for those who love him. It is important for us to continue to love God, be obedient to God and trust God in the process, even when things don't seem to plan out. We trust God in the process when even though things don't seem to plan out. Why? Because the God that we serve, wants us to understand that even when our plans don't work, his plans are still in the process. Even when our plans don't work and they don't seem to be going in the order that we like, his things are still moving in the process. Things are happening behind the scenes that God is moving forward for our good. Verse 3 of that same scripture says, A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on it and are punished. The prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. As we carry our name, remember, we are not only carrying our heavenly father's name that he's given to us, but we are also carrying a lineage, a family name. And that's why we see some cultures, they are adamant that, no, don't marry into that family or or don't do this. Or for some of us like myself that come from West African households, your parents are like, do you know whose name you carry? Do, Do you know our name? Don't bring our name shame. Don't bring shame to our name because they know that there is power and there is a level of importance in the name that we carry. I remember seeing in newspapers where somebody does something wrong, whether it's a child or whatever. And what did they do? If it is their parent who is a famous person, a person of great influence, they straight away they say, oh, John, child of so and so. Why do they attach it to that person? Because they know they know that wherever that name is, that's where prominence and that's where power and that's where influence lies. Our names have influence and we must be careful how we carry our name. And we must, as it says in verse three, the prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. Things such as evil, we flee from it. We move from it. We don't associate ourselves with it. Why? Because as soon as our name can get attached to that, even by something that we do not do upon our own accord, Sometimes that stigma may go further than whatever happened in that moment in time. So we must be mindful. We must be discerning. And what does it say in verse four? It says, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Three things, riches, honor and life. So many things that you guys spoke of when it's when you're speaking about your names summed up those three things in one way or another. It summed up life, whether it was joy or happiness or humor. It summed up honor in terms of that. You know what? I need to carry myself in this particular way. And it summed up riches because riches and wealth is not necessarily financial, but riches and wealth is family. Riches and wealth is unity. Riches and wealth is love. Riches and wealth is joy. Riches and wealth is peace and i believe that's why it says a good name is better than silver and gold because when you understand that name we understand the name that god has given us it goes much farther than sometimes the monetary things that we pursue that we can lose in just a period of time but there's also something i want to share with you i found as i was putting the scripture together the sermon together rather so 
I found something quite interesting found in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 17. I found that there is another name that God gives us. There is another name that God gives us. Turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 17. It goes as follows. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to, to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. I will give him a white stone and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. A new name written. I believe that even though we, when we pass on into glory, we are given an eternal, a heavenly body. God also gives us a heavenly name. God gives us a new name. Maybe one that we're familiar with, but in this case, it says that nobody else knows it. It says it's written on a stone. It's given to us almost as a prize to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And that name was going to be known to us. But I believe even though we may find out what that name is when we step into glory, we have a duty of care to bring heaven onto earth, to bring his kingdom onto earth, to shine the light of Christ onto this earth. Because when we shine the light of Christ onto this earth, when people know us, as we see in the book, as we see in the word of God, that let our light so shine before men that it brings glory to our Father in heaven. We shine the light of Christ before men because wherever the light shines, darkness cannot comprehend it. And that leads me to the last name and the final name that I want to implore and encourage every single one of us to hold on to in challenges as well as successes. Hold on to this name. Turn with me to the final scripture that I want to share with you or the final two scriptures that I want to show you in Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two. And I'm going to be reading from verse five through to eleven. Philippians chapter two from verse five through to eleven. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the what? The name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Those in the heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. This is powerful, profound and poignant. The reason why I say this is because there are times where we may doubt in our faith. There may be times where we think, is this even going to happen for me? There may be times where people mock us because of our faith. There may become a time in the world that we live in where people say deny Jesus in order to survive, deny Jesus in order to continue just to live on this earth. And are we going to deny Jesus? Are we going to say, no, I stand upon the name because there is going to come a time where every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess those on the earth, those in heaven and those underneath the earth. See, people may mock and laugh at the name Jesus now, but that name Jesus carries power. I'm talking about 
real power. I remember growing up, I never fully could comprehend why I used to see my parents and I used to see people when I used to go to church and shout, Jesus, I never could fully comprehend it. But let me tell you this, that I can tell you testimonies after testimonies of the power of the name of Jesus. I can tell you stories of a friend, a dear friend of mine, who was telling me of a spiritual encounter of when he was sleeping and he just felt a dark oppression holding him down and he just saw evil spirits in front of him and he couldn't move his fingers, he couldn't move his feet, he couldn't move his eyes, he couldn't move anything. He was fixed, he couldn't move. And then as he was there and as he felt that he was about to die and something whispered in him saying, just say Jesus. He said, I can't move my lips. He said, just say Jesus. And he was just about able to utter the word Jesus and straight away that darkness fled. The name Jesus is the name that brings healing power to our bones. Is the name the name Jesus is the name by which we speak that people find life. The name Jesus is also the biggest, most offensive name ever. Because even me in my early walk with Christ, I remember where I was like, yeah, in God's name, amen, because I was scared to use the word Jesus in the workplace. Because the word God, G-O-D, was a bit more palatable. But the moment you make it exclusive, with a direction and you call it Jesus. Don't, don't say that. It's offensive to those that don't believe in the name. Why? Because every knee shall bow. Every knee truly will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is power in the name Jesus. There is healing in the name Jesus. There is trust in the name Jesus. There is light in the name Jesus. And ultimately there is also peace in the name Jesus. Proverbs chapter 11, Proverbs chapter 18, rather, verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. They are safe. No matter what you're going through in this year, in this season, in this day, in this month, understand that when you run into that strong tower of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, run into it. Don't walk into it because sometimes when you walk, you can doubt. Sometimes when you walk, you may end up being as the people of Israel when they were when they were brought out of Egypt. They're like, mm, should we go back? Should we go back? You see, sometimes you run from your sin, but to run from your sin and to stop is not enough. You need to run from your sin and run into the arms of your savior. Because sometimes when you get halfway and you feel weary, you feel tired, you're like, mm, sh sh should I go back? Like, yeah, I don't, this is, no. Nah. Let me go back. Let me go back. But understand that even we see in scripture, it says, do not be as the dogs that go back and eat into the vomit that they once left. Do not go back into that. Do not lap it up, but leave such a thing. Run into the arms of your savior. Trust in Jesus, no matter the season you may find yourself in. Because I believe today's sermon is so significant because there are three names we must remember. The name that we have, the name that we symbolize and the name above all names. And when you know the name Jesus above all names, that's where you shall be saved. The name Jesus saves you. The name Jesus keeps you. The name Jesus restores you. The name Jesus protects you. And the name Jesus has power to help everyone within your vicinity, within your area, within your community to find true life. John 10, 10 tells us that the enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy. And in 2020, we have seen the enemy really, really try it. He's tried to steal people's joy. He's tried to kill people's life and he's tried to destroy people's future. But the latter part of John 10, 10 tells us, but God has come to give us life. And life more abundantly. And I want you to understand that that true life, that eternal life is found in Jesus Christ. 
See, many people say, but there's many ways to God. It's like an elephant in the room, but do not believe such deception of the enemy because there is one way to God. And that's why Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Please do not be fooled and do not be deluded and do not be 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 blinded by the schemes of the enemy because trust me if that house is burning we must follow follow the signs that show us the exit and jesus is saying i am the exit i am the way but the exit is what you pass through in order to find eternal life but eternal life starts from today for those that are not believers in christ